Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Financial metrics are really just numbers that are really key that you can focus on in the financial statements. So there are three financial statements. There are the, the balance sheet and the income statement and the cash flow. So let's talk about a really important metric that's on the balance sheet or a really important number to look for on the balance sheet. And that is, does this company have lots of liquidity in the form of cash? Can it really cover everything it has to cover over this next year? Or have they somehow overloaded themselves so much with short-term debt and obligations that they could really run out of cash in the next year? So in order to look at that metric, what we're looking at is what is called the current ratio. And essentially, it's a measure of working capital. It compares the current assets, which means assets that can be turned into cash in the next year. It compares that number with current liabilities, which are are obligations that have to be paid in the next year. Now, it balances those two off. And you can just look at the lines, the numbers. They often have a, uh, a summary that says, current assets has you know, $1 billion. And then you look down below and it says current liabilities, you know, $500 million. What you're looking for is at least a two to one ratio. Now, there are really well-run companies that have lower ratios than that because they're controlling their cash very well. They're in an in a, uh, industry that isn't particularly maybe growing so fast that they need a lot of liquidity. So you can see them work their working capital down so they don't have to have as much money on hand all the time and they can give that excess money to their shareholders. But that has to be a very, very well-run company. You're gonna know those companies are real big, okay? Most companies, particularly small ones, need at least a two to one ratio between the current assets and the current liabilities. That's a great measure of liquidity. So we call that the liquidity metric. The income statement has a really important couple sets of metrics. The main one being the growth of earnings and the growth of net income. Is the company growing? That's what we're really looking for. So we're looking across the top line and the bottom line of the income statement. Just basically looking at 10 years. Like we go over and look on our website at, at rule1investing.com, we'll see that we go back 10 or 11 years and we just look at them. Are the numbers growing across the top line? And then of course we can figure out quickly what the growth rate is and help to figure out the value of the business. So we wanna see that these two lines are actually parallel, that the revenue growth rate or sales growth rate is going up and so is the net earnings growth rate. And they're going up at about the same growth rate. If they're not, then the company might have earnings growing really well and revenue coming down. Now one that we're looking at right now that we actually really like is a fairly sophisticated view of this particular thing is IBM. IBM's revenue is actually coming down while its earnings are going up. So you really have to understand what you're looking at in your business, which is why we need to be a mile deep. In IBM's case, they're moving out of hardware, which is a big revenue item, but not so much of, an, of a net earnings, into services and support, which is a lower revenue item, but a lot higher earnings. So 
You know, you can look at companies and see that something's a little off and what it'll do is it'll trigger a question mark or trigger a red flag and you have to dig into that mile deep and find out if that's still okay in that company. Then we also look at what we call the return on assets, which is using basically two of the financial statements. Return on assets, return on equity, return on capital. These are all measures of what the earnings are uh, accomplishing relative to the amount of money being used to get those earnings. So for example, again, if we put your money into a bank account and it's earning 1%, the equity or the assets or the capital would be, let's say the $1,000 you've got in your bank account. And what you're making is 10 bucks in a year because it's a 1% return. So you divide the amount of money you're working with there, which is a thousand bucks, that's what they've got to work with to generate return on capital or return on equity. That thousand dollars in the bank returns $10. And your return on equity, return on capital, return on asset would be 1%. Now 1% is not very good. That's why we don't want to leave our money in the bank. Really good companies can have return on assets, return on equity, or return on capital. That's gigantic. 30% a year is not that uncommon with really, really good companies. Now, what these guys are doing is they're basically going out and getting the number off of the, off of the uh, income statement, the earnings number, and that would be, okay, we've got $1,000 of earnings, and here's the total amount of dollars that we have available to generate those earnings. Now, that total amount of dollars can be the total assets, or it can be the total amount of equity plus the money we borrowed, which is capital, or it can just be the equity of the company. Each of these presents us with a little different information, but the basic idea is the same. Divide this big, big number into this small earnings number, and you get a rate of return, just like in your bank account. Except we don't want to see 1%, we want to see 30, and a great company can do that good for us. So the next one I want to point out as a really good metric to look at is the cash flow statement. Is this company bringing in real cash or is it generating cash by selling off stock, by borrowing money? How's it getting the cash? By selling off pieces of its, of its uh, business, how's it getting the money? So what we want to see on the cash flow statement is the operating cash flow. Now, I'm going to tell you something here that's really cool because you won't see it as a metric that's on most cash flow statements. In fact, I don't think I've ever really seen it. Some companies publish it, but we look for it all the time. We take the operating cash flow, which is a statement of real cash that this company generated, and we subtract from that the money that they put into purchasing equipment. When we take that money out, which is sometimes called CapEx or capital expense, when we remove that from operating cash flow, what we get is what we call owner's cash flow or free cash. This is the money the company actually has available to give to the owner of the company. Like if Warren Buffett owned this company, they would give that money to Warren Buffett to reinvest in whatever he wanted. That's the money we can put in our pocket or the company can take and use to build the company's growth faster and faster. So cash flow statement, is it bringing in real cash on the operating cash flow line, not the investing line, not the financing line, but the real cash flow line. We use those key numbers from the income statement, from the cash flow, and from the balance sheet to determine how solid a company really is this, and is this something we want to invest in in the future. 
Now, I know that sounds a little complicated, but you're going to discover as you get a mile deep into these things that this stuff, which is presented in the 10Ks and 10Qs, that these numbers start to become comfortable. Just like if you started to live in Spain, pretty soon you'd start to be handling the language, even if you're just five years old, or maybe especially if you're just five years old. So this is very important stuff for rule one investing. We really, really focus on it. I'm Phil Town. Now go play. <laughs>